Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Christ in. Somebody say Christ in. Yes. That's what we are talking about in the month of February. That God sees us as a firm. That God sees us as a legal firm here on earth to be able to do kingdom business. And that kingdom business is business unusual. Why is it business unusual? It is because we are doing it with the anointing. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good. So in other words, Jesus went about doing great things because he was anointed. So Jesus was still busy doing some kingdom business, but it would require us also to be anointed because while we are busy doing this kingdom business, then God calls us to different spheres of influence. He calls us to different sectors. And the first sector is the ministry sector, the ecclesiastical sector. And then he also calls us, yeah, yeah, you must say a loud amen, Pastor G, because you are called into that sector. Amen. So, and, and, and then the next sector is the business sector, whereby you are in business, you are running a business, you are an entrepreneur, or uh, you, are a, a, um, you are a professional, uh, a different kinds of careers falls under that sector. And then there is the public sector. Many people run away from this sector because... Uh, they always say uh, each time you get to that sector, you become unproductive. I don't know if it's true, but many people don't like the public sector. But also is a sector that is very, very key in us being sent forth from the kingdom of God to go and be influential. Somebody say amen. So many people don't like politics because they think that, you know, I'll just go there and, and make noise. I'm sure you saw the sauna and make noise and, uh, and just waste my time. It's not really a waste of time. Maybe if you get there, you can. Uh, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life, you can actually be able to bring about change. But you must be called for it. Somebody say amen. You must be called for it. So last week we spoke about that, which is the uh, business unusual that we are called for. It's very much unusual because we have an advantage called the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this morning the title of my message is Mr. Chairman. Hallelujah. Mr. Chair, Mr. Chair. Mr. Chair, Mr. Chairman, amen. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 25. Uh, we are going to read verse number 14 and verse number 15. Matthew 25, 14 and 15. The Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Now, God has called us into all of these different spheres of influence that I have counted, that we spoke about last week. And God sees us as a firm here on earth to execute kingdom business. And there are five building blocks that we are going to be talking about this morning that any serious business needs to be aware of and adopt so that we can have maximum results. These building blocks are the building blocks in the kingdom and these building blocks we need to also adopt into wherever God has called us to. So in any sphere of influence where God has called you to be it in ministry, be it in the business sector or in the public sector, we can all adopt these uh, building blocks and be able to know that we are going to be productive 
if we are aware of them. Number one, it is the purpose. The purpose. You need to understand the purpose of what you are called for. Each time God calls us, God has got an interest in what he has called us for. That is why even with marriage, when God uh, takes advantage of your love for one another, it is because he has a hidden agenda about the two of you. So each time God puts his name on something or each time God calls you for something, he is calling you because he wants to have an interest. So in other words, God has got shares in the sphere of influence where he has called you to. So God will always have interest in what you are doing. God calls us for the purpose that he has in his heart. And in the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 9, the Bible says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And also, uh, uh, one day, he said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and I called you. I called you for a purpose because God does not want us to come here on earth and just occupy space and just be here to, uh, 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 just for the sake of mere existing. But God, each time he allows you to be born, it is because God has a purpose for your life. Maybe I just need to encourage someone who thinks that there is nothing that uh, their lives will amount to. I want you to understand that for as long as there is still breath in your lungs. God has a purpose for your life. The reason why you are here, the reason why you were even born, it is because God has a purpose for your life. So he has saved us and he has called us with a holy calling. Someone might think that you are only called with a holy calling if you are called to the ministry. But you are called with a holy calling even with the sphere of influence where God has called you to. It's a holy calling because God has got interest in what you are doing. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, God will work things out for us. So as much as God has called us for his own purpose, God, each time he has an interest in something that is happening, then God watches over that thing. So each time there is something that you are doing and you allow God to be a part of that thing, God is then going to make sure that he makes all things to work together for your good. Somebody say amen. amen. Why does God want all things to work together for our good? It is because he has a purpose for what you are doing. You may think it is you loving what you are doing, but it is God who pours out the love of what you are doing into your heart so that you can love what you are doing so that then in turn you can fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Now we need to know that in our callings, God has got great interest and therefore we will make sure that all elements, he will make sure actually, he will make sure that all elements align to favor his purpose. So each and everything that God places upon your head so that you can be able to fulfill purpose, it is because he has got great interest in what you are doing. So he makes all elements to align so that it can favor his purpose, not necessarily our desires. Not necessarily our own purpose. Not necessarily so that we can be big men. So that we can be seen as great. Not so that we can be seen as those who are capable of doing great and mighty things. But so that the purposes of God for our lives can be fulfilled. Somebody say amen. So God takes the advantage of the brains that he has given you so that then you go to school and you graduate and you become somebody who is great and you climb the corporate ladder. It is because God is interested. God is interested in his purpose for your life. It's not just about us. It's not just about us, but it is about the calling of God 
upon our lives. Just like the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter number 8, verse number 28, it says, and we know that all things, somebody say all things. All things, not some of the things, work together for good. For those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. So once you have established the fact that you are called by God, in case maybe you were not aware, I'm sure last week Umfundisi did well in teaching us that it is the calling of God that is upon our lives. Whatever sphere of influence, you see yourself being able to do what you are doing. It is because God has put that ability in the inside of you because he wants you to fulfill the purpose through the calling. Yeah. Are we clear this morning? So then, once you establish the fact that this is a calling, this is not just about me doing something that I love, but this is a calling that God has called me into. Then he will make all things work together for your good. That is even when others don't want to favor you. God will favor you. And once God favors you, people can have no say. Because God is going to cause them to favor you because he has already favored you. The Bible says, and Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. So that's the hierarchy, in favor with God and then with men. So it is impossible to be favored by men unless you are favored by God. But the favor of God comes upon your life and upon your sphere of influence and upon that which you are doing when you acknowledge the fact that this is not just about me. That's the game changer for you in your business. That's the game changer for you in your career to say, this is not just me and my brains, but this is a calling of God upon my life and I am going to do it unto the Lord as it is unto the Lord so that then the favor of God can come upon me and then because I am called according to his purpose then all things will work together for my good we always quote this scripture and we say all things work together for my good but then we forget that it says to those who love God and are called according to his purpose so each time we go to work we must know we are fulfilling purpose each time we go and we do business, we are fulfilling purpose. Each time we are preaching, each time we are doing the work that we do here at church during the week, we are fulfilling purpose. And then God will make all things work together for our good because we are called according to his purpose. So there must always be purpose. We must always understand the purpose. Why are you doing what you are doing? Why are you engaged in what you are engaged in? Number two, the people. In the book of First Kings, chapter number five, verse number 13, the Bible says, then King Solomon raised up a labor force out of all Israel, and the labor force was 30,000 men. People are needed for every kind of influence. If you are going to have influence, here on earth, if you are going to engage in kingdom business, you will need people. Somebody say people. people. You will need people. Equipped and gifted people. Not just people, but it must be equipped and it must be gifted people. So, in other words, each time we engage in the purposes of God for our lives, just like us here at church, the reason why you are here, we prayed for you. We said, Lord, bring people. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Because... What we are doing requires people, requires a purpose, and it requires people. We are still continuing to pray to say, Lord, bring people. To say, Lord, bring about, we even sometimes call them by, by, by what they, they, they are supposed to do. Uh, like right now, we are praying, pe bring people who can sing. Yes, we are praying all the time. So each time uh, uh, you pray for your sphere of influence, also pray for equipped and gifted people. Because having people, just for the sake of having people, ask a, a someone who is a leader uh, uh, here at church, ask them who has a department that maybe they oversee. It is such a frustration to have someone who has a certificate, but they are not gifted in what they are certified for. 
But they have shown you a certificate. Here is my diploma. Here is my degree. I am qualified in doing what I'm doing, but they're not gifted. It's a frustration. And unfortunately, you are the last one to find out because you only hire them according to what they have given you and according to what they have said in the interview. But when the rubber hits the road, the person is not gifted at all, at all, at all, at all. It's a frustration. That is why each time you then pray for your sphere of influence, you must pray and say, Lord, give me gifted people. They will make you look good. Yes, as the boss, they will make you look good. You know, sometimes when we are doing reports at church and I am sitting there and I am listening uh, to, the, to, to the people who report to us and they are reporting uh, according to their teams and according to their departments, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that's why the church looks so good. It is because that one has got their corner and they know what they're doing. So when you have someone in your corner and they know what they're doing, it means that person is gifted in what they're doing. So don't just only pray for people. Pray for people who are gifted. Ask God to give you people who are gifted. I don't know your sphere of influence. You know what kind of people you need. So you are the one who will know. Give me a gifted secretary. Because that one can actually be... (laughs) Can be a problem. And mess up your appointments. And mess up your life. And mess up your relationships. Why? Because... Each time they try to cover their tracks, they can, they can make it look as though you did not want to see a certain person. Even though you were actually available, but they are covering their own tracks. Why? Because the person is not skilled in what they are doing. The person is not gifted in what they are doing. So when you pray for people, pray for people who are gifted. You need a driver. Pray for a gifted driver. Some, I heard someone, I heard some pastor say, uh, if you don't pray for a gifted driver, you will die uh, like a dog. <laughs> because this person can drive, but they are not gifted. So there are gifted drivers, even, who can drive you with great skill. We have one, Upram Jakes. Some of you know him. We have one, gifted, gifted driver. Very good. You can sleep and wake up in Johannesburg while Bram Jakes is just there with his Red Bull (laughs) driving. And you don't even feel that you are being driven by someone. Gifted. Gifted people. Skilled people. People are not going to come and mess up your business. People who are going to sit there and take it as their own. And I pray that God may bring such people to your lives in the name of Jesus Christ. People are going to take your children as their own, gifted. It takes a gift to have someone who will take care of your children as their own. You are gone to work. You are gone to a business trip. This person is here like a mother, as though your children, uh, uh, as if your children are theirs. They're gifted. They're skilled, gifted people. So you need people. You need, the right, you need the right people. You need the equipped people. People with the correct gifts for what you are doing. Correct gifts for what you want to achieve. That's a prayer point that you need to pray each time you are praying for your sphere of influence. Somebody say Amen. So all of us are gifted in one way or the other. We have some form of a gift. Number one, gift of life. The fact that you are alive, it's a gift. There are many people who wish to do things, but they can't do them because they are, they are dead. Because they are no more. They, they can't even, they, they, they plan the next day and then they don't see the next day. They plan the afternoon, they don't see the afternoon. But then there is this primary gift called the gift of life. If God has given you the gift of life, you must know that God still has a purpose for your life. If God has given you the gift of life, you must know that there is something that will come out of your life. The gift of salvation. 
The fact that we are saved, it is a gift. Remember, the Bible says that we did not work for our salvation, but it was given to us. So Jesus came and died for us without knowing that we were going to respond to the salvation that he wanted to give to us. So Jesus died for us, and he died for us in advance before he even knew that we were going to respond to the salvation. It's a gift. He did it without us doing anything. He just gave it to us. So when you are saved and you are, you are, you are a Christian, you need to understand that you have a gift that can change the game wherever you are. No matter where God has placed you, you can change the, the game by reason of your salvation. That is an advantage that you have. So you have also the gift of eternal life. You know that you are living your life to eternity. You know that you are going to heaven. It is a gift by reason of your salvation. Somebody say amen. And then we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is a beautiful gift because then this gift distinguishes us from the rest. This gift, gives, uh, this gift of the Holy Spirit that was poured out into our hearts by reason of our salvation, it means that uh, we are able to have an advantage, an unfair advantage in whatever that we are doing, in all our callings, we have an unfair advantage by reason of the Holy Spirit that resides in the inside of us. The, even the Bible says when it talks about the Holy Spirit, it says with groanings that cannot be uttered, the Spirit intercedes for us. So that's our advantage. I remember like recently my, my daughter sings and um, and, and she had a talent show at, at school. So she was auditioning for a talent show at school. And then she said to, she said to my husband, Daddy, you know, I'm so scared. I always sing. I sing at church. I always sing. But uh, I'm just, I'm so nervous that I'm going to be singing in front of, uh, 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 in front of my schoolmates. You know, I, I'm, I'm very, very nervous. And then my husband said, but you have an advantage. You have the Holy Spirit that yeah. they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. That's your advantage. Then you can be able, and he even said, you can just pray in tongues just before you get on stage. Just pray in tongues without anyone hearing you. That's your advantage. Everyone else who is auditioning does not have that. That is one thing you have. The nerves are going to kill them when the Holy Spirit is going to calm your nerves. And you are going to be able to, be, to stand before people and before the judges. And you are going to be able to sing and showcase your talent. That is our advantage. It's a gift. We don't work for it. There is no money. In fact, somebody once said you must perish with your money if you think the Holy Spirit of God can be bought with money because it is a gift that comes from God so that we can be, so that we can be distinguished from the rest as the children of God. But we don't use our advantage. It's a gift. We don't have to work for it. Number five, the, gift, the gifts of the Spirit. So it's the gift who is the person of the Holy Spirit, and then his gifts, right? That are tabled in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 12, verse number 4 to verse number 11. You will see, uh, if you read 1 Corinthians uh, 12, uh, from verse number 4 to verse number 11, you will see that those gifts are actually needed in every sphere of influence. And we must always pray for them. Pray that the Holy Spirit will give them to you. They are a gift, they are a gift. Somebody say amen. They are a gift from him. From him. And then there are ministry gifts for, uh, as tabled in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 7. Uh, uh, that is like your, your pastors, your evangelists, your, your apostles, and, and, and. And then there are talents. Talents are gifts from God. Talents are gifts from God. Whatever talent that uh, you may have. Number eight. Gift of wealth and riches. There are people who are just blessed. God has, has, God has just anointed them for wealth. Like they don't have to work hard. Like they don't have to stress much. Money just loves them. Aye, may you be loved by money. It's a gift. Money just, it's a gift. It's a gift that can come from God according to Ecclesiastes chapter number 5, verse number 19. The Bible says it teaches our hands to make wealth. It's a gift. It's a free gift. It comes from God. And if it comes from God, then it means you can ask him for it. 
It's a gift. There are people who are loved by money. You wonder this person is selling exactly the same thing I am selling. However, they are generating more income than I am. Why? Money loves them. Money just loves them. No matter where they go, it's like they are magnets. It's like money follows them. It's a gift of, re- of, 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 of wealth and riches. Not money that is causing you to be able to get by so that uh, by the end of the month you are still breathing. Not the money that is more than the month. I mean, not the money that is less than the month, but the money that is more than the month. That's what I wanted to say. It's a gift. It's a gift that I pray each and every one of us will have. Hallelujah. And all of these gifts are here to equip us so that we can be able to be the best at what we do. All the gifts that I have counted, all eight of them are gifts so that we can be effective in building what God has called us to build. Somebody say amen. Every gift that you have, you must look at it as a resource so that you can fulfill purpose. Every gift, don't leave your gift to lie dormant. Some of us, it is because of low self-esteem. The gift is there, but low self-esteem is shire in such a way that we can't stand up and get to do what God wants us to do with our gifts and our talents because we feel like we are not good enough. But it does not matter. Even if we are not good enough, you will be good enough on the way. As long as you have established that this is what God has put in the inside of me, I'm going to do it anyway, and I'll perfect it as I go. Somebody say, pay as you go. Yes. So as you go, you will be perfected. Remember those who were being, who were the, 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 the people who, who had leprosy, they were healed as they went. They said, why do we have to sit here and die? Because whether we sit here, we will die. And whether we go and they kill us, we will die. Dying, we will die. However, we'll rather not sit here and die without even attempting to go forward so that we know whether we go forward or we don't, we will die anyway. So you are not going to, you are not good in doing it. Do it anyway. Because while you are sitting down and not doing it, it's not profiting you anyway. So if you don't get any profit from doing it, what have you lost? You've lost nothing because even sitting and not doing it is not profiting you. But then what if you profit? What if you, you, what if you win? Just like those people who had leprosy. They did not know that they were going to win. The Bible says they were sitting at the gates, frustrated, sick, and weak, not knowing what to do, but to just wait for death. And there was an army that was waiting for them. So they had leprosy, and they were going to die from the sickness. But if they were going to go, there was an army that was looking to kill them anyway. But if they go there, they might find something that will heal them. So they sat there and they decided, you know what? We are going to stand up and we are going to get inside. No matter what they do to us, it's okay. Because we are going to die anyway. And the Bible says they stood up and they went forward. The Bible says they marched forward. But then it says as they marched forward, their steps were being elevated by God. Their steps were being amplified by God. What if your steps will be amplified? If you take just one step to what that which God has called you to do. What if? What if? What if God is waiting for you to take just one step and then he amplifies your steps? The Bible says their steps were amplified and the army that was, that was threatening them began to think that there was a great army only to find that there was just eight people. Not just eight people, but eight people who are weak, who are sick, who are not good enough, people who don't know what they are doing, people who are just trusting God. Yes. Yes. You are going anyway. The account is going to be on the negative. So whether you stand up and go and look for the job or not. Whether you are going to go and tender again. 
Whether you are going to go and apply for that promotion again. Already. Already. The Bible says as they went. Somebody say as I go. The Bible says as they went. Their steps were being even more uh, uh, amplified as they went. As they were approaching the Assyrian army. Their steps were being amplified by God. And the Bible says the army that was threatening them began to run. So what you are running from is actually wanting to run away from you. So as you are busy running away from starting that business, that business is saying, "Ah, I'm scared of this one. Because if it can come, all hell will break loose. What you are scared of is scared of you. As long as you have established that this is my calling, this is what God has called me to do, you take that step and be bold. Even in your imperfections. Be bold. Even in enough. Even in the feeling that you have and the turmoil that you have in the inside of you to say, what if? What if it does not work? But what if it works? What if it works? What if it works? Now that you know that God has called you for it, what if he puts his hand upon you and he, and he releases some oil on your head so that you can be able to function with great favor and authority? What if? What if? What if? What if he amplifies your voice? Yes, it's what if he amplifies your voice in such a way that everyone can hear that you are gifted. You are not just a TJ, but you are gifted. Hey, hey. There is a difference between a TJ and a gifted TJ. Hey. Ah! Yes. That is why you will find a fresh that will just do whatever he wants to do and still have work wherever he wants to work. Giftedness. Amen. Giftedness. Giftedness. We must contend for these gifts. All of them are free from God. And they cause our spheres of influence to know who we are. Because of the authority that has been given to us by Christ Jesus himself, we have an advantage of all of these gifts. That's our advantage. Moses once said, God, if you do not go with us, do not send us up from here. As much as this place is not nice for us, as much as we are slaves in this place, however, if we risk going out of this place without you going with us, then we'd rather become slaves forever. Then even our children might as well be slaves forever. Even our children's children. If you are not going to go with us, Moses knew that that was the distinguishing factor. Because he even said to God, then how will we be distinguished from everyone? How will you be distinguished? So you need not to be just an engineer, but you must be a gifted engineer. You cannot just be a pastor, but you must be a gifted pastor. You cannot just be a radio personality, but you must be a gifted radio personality. You cannot just be a manager. You must be a gifted manager. Content for giftedness. It comes free from your God. Giftedness. Free of charge from your God. Free. Don't go with just your certificate. Everyone else has it. Ah. Don't go with just your degree. Everyone else has it. I'm sure you know you had colleagues at the university who actually even did better than you. But the distinguishing factor will be the giftedness. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm gifted. So you must, you, you must contend for giftedness. All of these that I have counted, all eight of them, go to God and say, Lord, I thank you. 
for the gift of life. I thank you. I thank you that I'm talented. I, I thank you. I thank you that I'm skilled. I thank you. I thank you that in my calling, I function in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you. I thank you that I have the advantage of the Holy Spirit, that everyone who comes into my office will actually feel something that they don't even know what is it. They will wonder, why is this office calling me all the time? How come it's time I come here? It's as if the heavens are opened. Yes, when you come here, the heavens are opened because I have the advantage of the Holy Spirit. Some of the mistake that we have made as believers is that we have left the Holy Spirit at church. And sometimes in our homes, in our closets, when we pray, we pray and we say, be with me as I go to work and then we leave him. Let me advise you, take him with you. Take him with you to that office and say, I'm a child of God. It does not mean that your subordinates must walk all over your head. No. In fact, even me, now I'm a pastor, but everyone knows when it's time to work, it's time to work. You can ask them. Yes. It's time to work. However, you have an advantage called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Use him. He's a free gift from God to you. All of these gifts are not for us to be called the great ones, but they are for us to fulfill the purpose of God for our lives. They are for us to be equipped and become the best that we can be in every sphere of influence where God has called us to. You can activate those gifts. Go and read them. Study them. And all the scriptures that I have given you, study them. Read them. Ask God for them. And you will be distinguished. Hallelujah. Number three, the process. Every serious company, every serious entity, just like the one we are in that Jesus has called us to, there must always be structure and there must always be systems. There must be a process that is followed so that we know that we are well on our way to fulfilling the purpose of God. Remember, you need to, have to know the purpose. After knowing the purpose, you need to contend for the giftings, okay? Then after that, you need to be a person who understands what is the process. So, the, it's, it's, uh, it's what, it's the, it, it's then the people. And then after the people, it's the process. Somebody say amen. amen. So, any sphere of influence, Oksona, that sphere of influence is structured in a particular way so that it can produce results. You are not there just to pass time, but you are there so that you can produce results. There are systems and there are structures. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 28, the Bible says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then um, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. Somebody say amen. So the people must be structured. As much as we will be praying for people, God to bring gifted people into our lives and for us to actually become gifted people, we need to know that the, the people also need to be structured. We are to be structured. As gifted as we are, there are people who are gifted, but their gifts are not structured. Hence, their gifts are not producing maximum results because their gifts are not structured. So don't run away from systems and structures. Don't run away from the hierarchy of what God has called you to do. Don't even break rank. Don't break rank. Know that people must be structured. That is why God says it is first the apostles. First the apostles. There is structure. There is order. There is a system in the kingdom of God. So is your life. It needs to have order. It needs to have structure. There must be systems. In, you must put systems in place in whatever sphere of influence where God has called you to. Don't break rank. As much as maybe your boss can seem as though he does not like you, but don't break rank. Because your boss is the most important person right now until you are the boss yourself. But for now, you are not. So you need to follow the structure that is there. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Don't break rank. Structure gives you maximum results. Don't run away from structure. There are people who don't like to be structured. Each time you give a, a gifted person structure, they think you are, you are confining them. Let me tell you something. It's godly to have structure with your gift, no matter how gifted you are. That is why you will find people who are very much gifted, but they are not structured. And they will never get maximum results. And you will sit and wonder and say, but this one is more gifted than this one. This one is more skilled than this one. But the problem is structure. They are not structured. They don't have a system of working. So each time you are given a system of working, even when God gives you a system of working, that is why God gives us a system of working in his kingdom. That is why he causes for the apostles to establish churches and then we go to church every Sunday. Why? God wants us to administrate the relationship we have with him. Everything needs to be administrated. Don't run away from structure. You need structure. When your husband puts structure in your home, you need structure. Don't say, I know, Mina, I'm a great woman. Just in case, just in case we don't have the love dinner on Friday. Let me just give you a hint. Eh? Don't say, no, Mina, I'm a powerful woman. Yes, you are powerful, but because of the structure that has been put by the leader in the home. There's a structure that's there. You, it does not mean you are less powerful. You are very powerful and we acknowledge that you have power galore. However, sometimes power must be administrated. Otherwise, it will kill you. Your own power. Enjoy. Number four. Number four. Yo, I'm watching my time. Number four, Bazalone. The product. There must be a product. There must be a product. There must be a product. In all the sectors where we are working, we are working on producing something. Every resource is so that we can produce something. So every sector produces a product or renders a service. For an example, Apple produces iPhones. It's a product that they are producing. So they are sticking to that. Every process, every talent, every skill is channeled to producing an iPhone. So if you are there and you have a skill of making, a, I know it's a silly example, but if you are there and you have a skill of making an Android, <laughs> Kind of a kind of a, a ringtone. You're not relevant. Because they are channeling because they are channeling everything that they have in their sector, in their business, to what they need to produce. But some of us, we don't even know what we want to produce. That is why we employ any kind, anything. Because there is no vision of what do we want to produce. What kind of a product do I want to produce out of this? Even in your own life, what kind of a product do you want to produce? So that you can eliminate even the things that you are not needing. Because some of us are very busy with things that we don't need for our purpose. Busy. Training ourselves with things that have got nothing to do with the purpose of God for our lives. That has got nothing to do with what God wants us to build, what influence God wants us to have here on earth. Somebody say amen. amen. So in all the sectors we are working in, we are working on producing a product or rendering a service. So Apple, product. Municipality, services, if they do. <laughs> if they do. But they are... Uh, or, or maybe rather, let me, let, let me not, Kuba uh, and saying, let me, let me just make an example about an accounting firm. An accounting firm, they are rendering a service. They are giving you a service, not a product, but it's a service. That's how they profit. Okay, so there must be 
a product. What are you working towards? What are you working to achieve? Somebody say amen. Exodus chapter number 23, verse number 10. The Bible says, six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce. Your land must always be worked on so that it can produce something. Where God plants you, where God uh, 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 calls you, you need to work it so that it can produce something. For an example, here at church, we are busy uh, 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 producing a product. The end product is souls. Souls must come to the kingdom of God. You must preach the gospel. Lives must be changed. Minds must be transformed. People must come in here and be inspired and go back to their spheres of influence, charged up, knowing what they want, knowing what God wants, knowing what does the word of God says about their lives, their families, and their callings. It's a soul thing. Our product is the souls. We need, if we are not winning souls, if we are not impacting lives, then what we are doing is not effective. What we are doing is not effective. Number five. The prophet. So all of this that we have spoken about, it is so that there must be profit. Every corporation that is serious with its business will always look for profit and accountability. Many people don't like to be accountable. However, if you are serious about your life, you will need to be accountable. Accountable to God. And also if you are running maybe a business or in your career or you are in the, the public sector, you must be accountable, and there must be a profit in what you are doing. So at the end of the day, you must sit down and say, was I productive? And if you were productive, were you closer to producing the product? Were you closer to rendering a quality product or a quality service? Were you productive? Somebody say, Amen. The book of Isaiah 48, verse number 17, the Bible says, That says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. He teaches you to profit. So God can be able to teach you how to profit. If you are stagnant in any way, be it in your career, in your business, in any sphere of influence where God has called you to, you feel like you are stagnant, God can teach you how to do it. God can teach you how to profit. In fact, we are people who are, we are the people who are supposed to be blamed, not God himself. God is available for each and every one of us. We are the ones who don't want him to come into our affairs. But as we are busy talking about this, I need us to make a decision to say, Lord, come into my career. Let's see what we can do with you this time. Come into my business. Let's see what we can do with you this time. Somebody say amen. Now, we must always want to make profit. Jesus himself is a businessman, and he is profit crazy. Jesus wants souls. That is why he even went to the cross, something none of us can ever be able to do. He was looking for profit because what will profit him is the kingdom of God to have an influx of souls so that man can be reconciled back to God. That was the end product that Jesus was working towards and he enjoyed the cross. He enjoyed even being man. I'm sure for Jesus, it was not easy being man. I mean, being God. I mean, when, 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 you're, when, when his friends were thinking that he's just a small boy, just like any of them. If I was Jesus, I would tell them, hey, don't, don't forget. Well, you must watch it. Don't forget that if someone takes his bicycle or something, if they had back then, they're like, hey, you know, I can call lightning right now. You know, but Jesus enjoyed all of that. Why? Because he was prophet crazy. He wanted to see what he came here for coming to fruition. He wanted to see the influx of souls. He wanted to see the people of God being reconciled back to God. That is why he enjoyed everything that he enjoyed. He enjoyed. Somebody say amen. amen. So the Lord Jesus Christ as our master, he wants us to be accountable to him. And he wants us to come back and say with the talents and the gifts, that you have given me. This is the profit that I have made. 
Remember the scripture that we read? The Bible says in the book of Matthew 25, it says that the master then came back and said, I have given you all of these things. I have given you all of these giftings. I've given you all of these talents. What have you done with them? And the Bible says those who did not produce profit, he said, darkness shall be upon them. Darkness shall be upon them because they failed to make profit out of what the master had given to them. But I believe that in, under the sound of my voice, that will not be your testimony. That will not be my testimony. Anything and everything that God has given me to fulfill the purpose that he has for my life, to fulfill the assignment that he has given me, the reason why I am here, everything that he has given me, he is going to get maximum results out of it. And he is going to get maximum profit out of it. So the core business of the church is the souls, as I said. But what is your core business? In the sphere of influence where God has called you. Whether you are a PA or you are a general manager. What is the core business? Why are you there? And then you zero in on that. You focus on that. You ask God to gift you in that. So that you can be able to get maximum results Somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus, as the high priest, the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father. In other words, he is the chairman. He is the one who is seated, looking at what we are doing. So the chairman of the board of the kingdom of God is Jesus himself. He has given everything that we have counted here. And he is looking at what are we going to do with it. The Bible says he gave them talent, this master. And then he went away, came back and asked, what have you done with it? Same thing, Jesus, when he comes back, as he is seated at the right hand of the father, as the chairman of what we are busy doing here on earth in the kingdom of our God. He's going to come back and look at the work that we have produced. And he's profit crazy. But he has equipped you. He has equipped me. That we may be able to do business unusual. In this corporation that God has established, which is the kingdom of God here on earth, we can be able to produce maximum results. Any sphere of influence God is not scared. He's the one who established them. It was not people's ideas. It was God who established all of those uh, spheres of influence. And he's interested in, in all of them. So you can't be able to go to God and say, Lord, I don't want to be just another doctor. But I want to be an anointed doctor. I want to be a gifted doctor. I want to be a gifted teacher. Hallelujah. Amen. The chairman is watching. And the chairman is willing to give us the gifts. The chairman is willing to equip us with talents and giftings. The chairman is sitting at the right hand of the father. He's coming back very soon. And he wants us to produce what is it that we have done with that which he has entrusted in our lives. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.